For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Robert, who's listening to us in central Mississippi, text in on the McClarty Daniel hotline saying that Sam Pittman stole the show yesterday. He watched every interview. He felt like he was honest, had people laughing, and there's an excitement that he seems to think about this team. He felt like it was a breath of fresh air for Sam Pittman yesterday. Well, I'm trying to remember that offensive line coach that filled in at Vanderbilt after uh, – Johnson retired kind of oh. late. Herb, what was his name? I know who Rob, you're talking Robbie about. Robbie Caldwell. Um, he won media days one year, but his team didn't win anything else. So, <laughs> so I mean, you can win media days, that's fine. But I don't think they, they don't hand a trophy out, and they certainly don't put you in a bowl game based on your performance here this week. So getting the crowd to laugh and all that, that's great. It's engaging. Uh, most of these coaches are they're recruiters by trade. So they have great, attractive personalities that, that lure people in. But – at the end of the day, there, there, there's no W's handed out here this week. No, there is not. That's the we were talking about coaching cliches and player ki- cliches yesterday. We were j- la- joking with Will Rogers. He said we just got to take it one game at a time. He kind of laughed at it. Yeah, when he looked at us and laughed. The other thing is when coaches talk about recruiting, it's like you see my wife. Of course, I know how to recruit. I feel like I've heard that from every single coach that I've talked to. It either not just the yeah, that's the, a guy that's in trouble at home when he says stuff like that. So. That gets you in trouble? Does she no, there's a guy that's in trouble. He's trying to get out of trouble when oh, you say something okay. like that. I was going to say, I feel like that's a, a compliment. But, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You want to get uh, you want to give your wife as much credit as possible. Hey, I do want to mention, we got another text here on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. Did you see Arkansas got a, a transfer pitcher last night? Uh, Mason no. Molina from Texas Tech. Uh, struck right. out 108 guys last year, pitched over a little 80 innings for the Red Raiders. That's what uh, Dean Fort Smith texted us this morning. That was a big uh, big get. I know Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball, who's really the one of the biggest, if not the biggest name in college baseball, was talking about that. And a uh, big get for Dave Van Horn and company last night. Yeah, and you know, now you're you know, it's clearly not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you're, you're starting to find out who has got interest in making a move to come to Arkansas mm-hmm. because I'm trying to finish out this roster. I guess school's right out a month away, and uh, that's that's kind of the deadline to make sure everything's where you need to go. And then it won't it'll be what mid September fall ball will start, and uh, they'll have the fall series somewhere in that that neighborhood. So uh, you know, baseball is getting to about like football, where there's not a lot of holes in the schedule. December. 
maybe a little bit of early January, maybe, and that's about it for baseball as far as any downtime. Yeah. Sam Pittman addressed the, the transfer portal yesterday. He talked about shortening it. He doesn't necessarily seem to have a problem with it, but he's very candid. He's like, we benefited. We, we've had success in the portal. But, again, he brought up that he wished it was a little shorter in terms of the time period that it is. And he felt like that uh, it would give them more time to recruit high school kids because if you lose – because the portal the way it is, it's just harder to go get a high school kid. And it's you got to go to the portal route a lot of times to replace a portal player. I thought the question of the day for Sam Pittman from all the ones I heard was Trey Biddy from 247 Sports, 247 Sports, Hog Sports, asked him – Coach, where would you be without the transfer portal? And I'm paraphrasing the question a little bit, but you look at the 2020 class, there's only two players left from it. You look at the way uh, things have not worked out with some of the, the evaluations uh, at a time back then when COVID, where you couldn't have on-campus visits. You were totally dependent on Zoom and film and all that to do all of your evaluating. Um, you know, Every school had some misses. Arkansas's only got two left from that class. Where would you be without the portal as a program? It's been a lifeline, no question, for Sam Pittman. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and just get into what Sam said yesterday. Here is his full response, uh, again, on kind of on losing guys and, and the new approach that he's kind of taken this season. I learned my lesson a couple years ago because we were talking about who could we afford to lose if we lost some guys and that we need some scholarships, all that kind of stuff. Not running them out of the program. We talked about who. I learned my lesson. I, I went this spring and I said, hey, I don't want nobody to leave. I don't want anybody on the team to leave. If you think about it, your worst player might be friends with your best player. And you're running his best friend out. You, you've not only lost the worst player on the team, you lost the best player on the team. I didn't think about that until he kind of explained it that way yesterday. But it makes sense. And, again, people were freaking out when Arkansas – I think Arkansas had ended up having 29 – 29 guys transfer out, but then we've seen other schools with like 41. It was either Florida or A&M, I think, at the top at 41, if I remember that correctly. So it's just it's the world of college football we live in. And, uh, again, continuity is a big deal. I know Sam Pittman has stressed that the last couple of years with – you had Barry Odom and Kendall Browse as your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. You're switching up things, but uh, ho- hopefully this next season, again, there'll be there'll be some more continuity this next year. Well, and, and I hear what he's saying. You don't want to lose your best player. I think you better know who your best player's best friends are on the team, and you, you manage that accordingly. But you've got 85 scholarships. You've got generally 40-some-odd players that can really help and contribute and help you win games. You can't waste those scholarships. I mean, if a, if a player's come in and you've misevaluated, they've not turned out to what you want them to be, that's what the portal's for. you got to upgrade. So anymore, it's about getting the best 85. Um, you know, Even if they don't play, you need the best next 40 or whatever to help you practice and help you prepare. And mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes if, if guys aren't bought in and, and they're, they're, they're culture problems. and I mean, but I hear what, what Coach is saying there, but we live in a world now where – the portal means you better have your best 85, and you don't have four years to build a program anymore. you got about two, maybe three with the portal, and they're going to be on you. Yeah, Sonny Dykes didn't really help out with that. In no. his first year, he takes the TCU Horned Frogs, albeit in the Big 12, but still wind up in the national championship. And you've seen, like, Mel Tucker at Michigan State, he has not been as good as of late, but he had a, a double-digit win season his first year in East Lansing because of the amount of transfer portal guys they brought in. Now, again, we'll have to wait and see with those programs. Michigan State's taking a step back. We'll see if TCU takes a, a major step 
back or even a minor step back after some of the guys. But when you bring all in these transfer portals, it might be great for one year, but you, again, have to build some consistency. That's why it's incredible what Eric Musselman seems to do every year in basketball and again different sports maybe apple to oranges but how he still manages to buy the tail end when we get to the postseason those guys seem to be playing their best basketball and they're consistently have been in that realm of hey this team can make the elite eight once again it's you you said consistency and that that's a stability would be another word you could substitute in there i mean kirby smart said it earlier this week that he didn't lose a single member of the coaching staff the on the field coaching staff off a championship year and if 17 of 20 players from that 20 class were still there and they're not losing players out of the portal now that's georgia versus arkansas i i I get it but you want to know why georgia's back-to-back national champions it's consistency and stability and it's getting the best players to begin with i understand that but for where arkansas is at i think the biggest key to the portal is don't lose your best players i mean sometimes the key to the portal is not who you get it's who you don't lose to the portal as well and that's what you can't do is lose your best players well they haven't i mean you look at it jordan dominic's maybe the biggest loss off last year you could make a case for miles slusher but i would say probably jordan dominic based well, on what he brought I, in the pass rush might be the you probably go back the year before and uh greg brooks and who was the other one that went joe to fouché joe fouché that went mm-hmm. to lsu i'm thinking of that's a good one guys like that i mean i agreed that last year but that's the key you can't let those best mm-hmm. guys and that's what would drive me nuts as, as a as a coach that maybe has been around a while like sam Pittman and his staff and i think that's why you got to bring in younger guys like travis williams that are kind of the new wave because it's an everyday grind of kissing your players' behinds and re-recruiting on a daily basis. That had have to get exhausting. And that's exactly the, the name of the game anymore is you're re-recruiting your current roster day-to-day. And that sounds great when you just say it, but you stop and think about it. That's hard to coach a team, hold people accountable, make them better, grind, do all the things you got to do, and balance all of that. Well, I, th- I think what, and I can't remember what player told me this one time, but he, how he explained it is when he was a true freshman in college playing football, when his position coach or his head coach was screaming their ear off initially, it was just like, man, I just got to get through coach yelling at me, blah, blah, blah. But over time, it became, all right, why is he yelling at me? What am I doing wrong? What can I fix? What, how, how, am, how can I get better on this? You just, you try, and with age comes, a lot of times comes wisdom and you gain knowledge and in in his case he he picked up on like they're not yelling at me just to be a a, like a db they're yelling at me because they're trying to get me better and it just took him uh it took him really to his junior season is what he told me before he picked up on that and so these freshmen and sophomores and a lot of cases freshmen are getting yelled at and screamed at because not they don't necessarily get in that high school they're thinking well the Maybe this coach at uh, this university won't be doing that, and you'll find out it's just college football, man. It's how it goes. Well, if they're not yelling at you, that means they don't care about you. I mean, unless you've just done something stupid. Yeah. If they're yelling at you, they care about you. They want you to be better. And uh, it's when they quit even in, engaging and talking that you've got a real problem. Because they've written you off at that point would be my take on it. So, yeah, I, I agree with that assessment, but you got to stop and wonder, what am I doing wrong? Because everybody assumes they're just right. Mm-hmm. Because – their entire high school career probably before that they've been the best player on their team they've been been catered to in a lot of ways because of their talent and their skill and now they're just amongst other great players and it's an adjustment and you know we've, we've, we've had all, all these conversations before but I just think it's a different dynamic uh, there's been a sea change 
uh, in college football the last three years, and the portal is – I think the portal may be bigger than the NIL from, from the standpoint of, of rosters and how players come and go and the empowerment of players. I understand the money and that, that aspect, and, and maybe it's 1A, 1B, but – uh, and the two are interconnected, no question. But the portal provides every player uh, some power over their position and their future and, and, and what they're going to do. Not every player is going to get NIL money that makes a difference. I wonder, and I didn't hear anyone ask Rocket, KJ, or Landon this, or Jaden or anyone else, but I wonder if anyone's asked him, it's like, hey, man, how, how much money are you making? And I wonder, <laughs> you know, and I, I do wonder to that point if they would be willing to disclose either that information privately or publicly. If that's something, I, I don't know what their contract stipulates, if they're allowed to even talk about it, but that is something that uh, I'm surprised well, we have haven't heard maybe a a monetary value come out of this week from someone is that is that question tasteless or taboo or whatever you know whatever adjective you want to put on it but i don't know it's kind of like asking a woman her age you just you know some you better know them pretty well to, to ask you probably should already know the answer but i don't know you just don't, you don't generally go around asking people how, hey how much money do you make you know so because that's what you're asking you know so i these things aren't public deals like we see with pro contracts or even coaches' contracts. Yeah. It's uh, and maybe they should be. Yeah, I because I think there's a lot of lies and misinformation out there. Well, the the whole deal with collectives, and I thought Greg Sankey made some good point promises made that weren't necessarily kept. I mean, there there's a lot of issues that still have to be worked through on this on this on, ongoing NIL stuff, and it it all ties into the transfer portal as you're as you're talking about. And again, we'll see if Congress has there been any. I mean, I've been. Looking at Ross Dellinger, who's done a great job in covering this for Sports Illustrated, I don't think there's been any updates on this out there. You're not watching C-SPAN every night to keep up with it. Can't say, uh, can't wow. say I am. Not a. Uh, that's some news, right? That's news of some sort. I don't know what C-SPAN is. I know NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox. Is there another ABC? You look that, that up while I'm uh, telling everybody about C-span. farm credit, C-SPAN. Okay. You don't know what C-SPAN is? I know it's a, a station. Wow. C-S-P-A-N. You do that while I do this. We're brought to you by Farm Credit. Do you have a variable or balloon interest rate and you're worried about the rising cost of interest? Interest rates are on the rise and have been for a while. Hopefully they've leveled off, but you can still lock in a long-term fixed rate Brought to you by Farm Credit. Uh, They have the longest terms in the ag industry. And if you're looking to secure your future with your property, uh, they can do that for you. Talk to a Farm Credit office near you today. And don't worry, if rates come down, you can easily adjust and refinance. And they make it easy with no new fees, no new appraisal work, no new title work either. They just make it simple. Farm Credit. Find an office near you online at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com. Farm Credit is an equal housing lender. It's a cable satellite a public. Wa- a what? A cable satellite public affairs network that. Uh, it's twenty four seven coverage of Congress. There's a channel for the Senate, for the House. Uh, I think there's a third one that does something else. But yeah, if you want to keep up with what's going on in your government and in the houses like, of Congress every day, C-SPAN's got it. it sounds like a snooze fest. To me. Oh, it pretty much is. But, is it? Uh, I can't believe you didn't know what it was. Uh, Christian, did you know what C-SPAN was? I have heard of it. Does that count for something? This generation, unbelievable. I have heard of it. I just, I don't watch the news. I I guess it's just, maybe I should start doing, ah. Yeah. (laughs) Might be good to know what's going on in the world. I mean, it's, you're getting a, a skewed vantage point either way. 
and I get frustrated. What, when what? Every every place on this radio row is a skewed vantage point, including ours. But there's nothing unbiased. Journalism is almost dead, so I don't want to listen to someone when you're. Well, this might be the one place because all they're doing is televising what's going on. You can make your own opinion. On oh, you're talking about Congress. I'm talking. This is a, a, a yeah, C-SPAN. You're, you're watching what's going on on the Senate floor, the House floor. Half yeah. the stuff I wouldn't would even understand, and they're just again. Uh, kind of with Ty on this. I mean, it'd kind of be a snooze fest. How often do you watch this? Is this something? You oh, watch never, or? never. Okay. You know, it'd be okay. the place. I mean, if you want to keep up do. with what's going on. Okay. Well, there has been some entertainment value. Well, maybe not on C-SPAN. <laughs> There's no entertainment value yeah. on C-SPAN. But there is has been these uh, these last couple days. I was uh, I got a chance to talk with Landon Jackson yesterday, and he was on halftime as well. If you missed those conversations, find it at hitthatline.com or. Uh, our YouTube channel as well as our Hit That Line podcast network. And one of the things he talked about, now he wasn't kidding when he said this, Coach Souders' new strength and conditioning coach came in and was like, I think you can put on 40 pounds. And Landon just kind of looked at him and kind of laughed at him. But uh, evidently, he's, uh, he's added 40 pounds to his weight. I was weighing, I want to say, around 235, 238. Yep. So, I mean, it was a lot of eating and a lot of working out. I've actually gained more speed since the end of the season last year. And I give a lot of credit to Coach Souders, our strength coach. I think he's pushed me to my limits and made it to where I can become the best physical version of myself. Now, that's another cliche, cliche you hear from time to time, the best physical version of myself. But, Tommy, if you had 40 pounds, you're still running 20 miles an hour. I mean, landing again, 6'7", 280-plus. It's not exactly a, a man you want to see coming off the, the defensive inside of things if you're Jaden Daniels, Will Rogers, or any other SEC quarterback. Those are the measurables that the NFL is looking for. Mm-hmm. That kind of speed, that kind of size, that kind of strength. I mean, 230, what was it, 236 or 80 was at the end of last year. That's not defensive line I like to go to top golf. That's not defensive line measurables in this league. So, um, and it's certainly not at the next level. If you're going to be 240, you better be the fastest guy, and it may not, it better not even be close. So, yeah. he's now put himself, I believe, in a position to, um, you know, to, to really get some good looks from the NFL. Because th- that's the first thing to look: how how tall, how big, how fast. Uh, Nick, uh, you had Sam Pittman several times already speak to what Landon Jackson has been in the spring, been a force. We heard Rocket Sanders, where KJ Jefferson both speak to the idea. Landon played basketball and played baseball too, so this is a guy that was a multi-sport athlete at Pleasant Grove. He also told me what was also interesting. So you think about, of course, the late Ryan Mount. You think about Dennis Johnson. You think about Kobe Hamilton. Arkansas has had some success down there in Texarkana. He went to Pleasant Grove. Ryan went to Texas High along with Kobe. You got Arkansas High down there. But with it being four hours away, that is an area that Arkansas could really use. Landon said every time he goes down there, he's really pushing these top-tier high school recruits that play. Hey, consider Fayetteville. He's got a little brother right now at Pleasant Grove that's going into his junior year. So that would be a place, again, that Arkansas could could get a few kids that would definitely make an impact here in Fayetteville. I don't know if you can get there in four hours from Fayetteville, and there's no good roads from Texarkana to Fayetteville. I mean, windy old 71 South, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's a place that's produced. Uh, wasn't Dennis Johnson also from there as well? Um, trying to think of anyone else we, we've missed, but yes. Well, Michael, Michael James went to Oregon, but he was, I mean, one of the best running backs in college football. That's yeah. a, it's a good spot, it's man. some good athletes out of there. Yeah. Absolutely. He'd love to get recruiting again. You got some good news uh, last week with Braylon Russell and Selman Bridges both committing to Arkansas, and you love to get, keep that rolling this week. Right now, Arkansas has a really good recruiting class. I know Tennessee got a big five-star commit yesterday, and it's just what you have to deal with. 
in Southeastern Conference football is the continuous recruiting, the continuous uh, opportunities and the, the football advancement. Even Vanderbilt, Christian, you sent us the picture. Even yeah. Vanderbilt's investing in the stadium. But, Tommy, it is a uh, – you remember when Arkansas's north end zone when they were playing? Yep. That would have been, what, the 2018 or 2017 season? Uh, it looks worse than, than the back end of that north end zone did. It's uh, Well, they're just in a different phase of construction. Arkansas's looked exactly like what they're doing at Vanderbilt, which it's, it's tore down to the ground in one of their end zones. I don't know which direction that is, but uh, – and the steel's starting to go up. So, you know, Vanderbilt's spending some of that conference money. They're reinvesting in their program. They're, you know, their problem at Vanderbilt, as you know better than I, is there's just no land around that yeah. university. It's landlocked because it's, it's right in the middle of, of uh, one of the fastest-growing cities in America. Yeah. I'll just swing by there and take a look at it. <laughs> And wouldn't mind uh, doing that on the way out of here, Tommy. You, you and Derek always like to make fun of the PF Changs. It's like right, right. Next to the did this, did this interrupt PF Changs? So we may go over there for, for some egg rolls before I hit the plane. At some point, yeah. The uh, it's <laughs> it's a really unique and it, like you said, being landlocked, they're just yeah. they're tied at that point. What did you, by the way? What did you think of? Did you, what did you think of Adley's Barbecue? I didn't ask you what you got earlier. I had uh, burn ins. Okay, that was uh, on a bed of uh, of grits. There you go. And I had some beans. I thought the beans were just okay. Uh, too much Tabasco in the beans, but the, the burn-ins were really good. Have Sauce had, was good. Have you had, we had ha- Martin's a couple of nights ago. Okay. That's the two barbecue spots yeah. I've been to, Martin's and Edley's. You haven't had hot chicken yet? The closest thing we've had is what they've served here. Okay. No, we, uh, I figured you had every meal at SEC Media Days. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we have only eaten like three meals outside of this hotel. Yeah. So. Well, if you get a chance before you go to the airport, and let's knock on whether your flight doesn't get delayed or anything yeah. happens like that, but you should try, and I guess I'm taking you, so we might just stop at a hot chicken place to, All right. to go there. And Because, uh, man, they, you can't, I feel like you can't leave Nashville without having hot chicken if you're going to leave later. Well, the, there was some chicken served upstairs the other day, but I don't really think – you brought me a piece. I don't really think Ed yeah. qualifies hot chicken. Yeah, let's let's get you something that's uh, one of these Nashville local right. spots. But I, I did walk by Hattie B's um, on Broadway. They, uh, they I have, walked all the way down Broadway, uh, I guess, first day here, Monday. Yeah, they, uh, and Tommy, want to hear something crazy about last night when they took us to Nissan Stadium? They did it with a police escort. We got a police escort from the hotel. So you got all these basically nerdy media members <laughs> getting a police escort to the hotel from here. It was pretty cool. I've never... I don't think I've, I've had one of those since high school. I've but. had a police escort, but usually they're behind my car instead of in front of in my front car. Of that's that usually, <laughs> and usually they, they, uh, we, we have to make a stop almost immediately. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, 
and our food banks and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Hey everybody, now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking to lose a little weight, get that lake body ready, that river body, whatever body you're trying to get going this summer. You can do that with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast and it's quick and it's easy. Plus, no one has time to cook in the summer. We're off going on vacation. We're helping out with the kids. This, again, helps skip that trip to the grocery store, the prepping, the cleaning, all that in just one quick meal. It's fresh, it's never frozen, and it's ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and eat. And again, this is awesome, premium, ready-to-eat meals. 34-plus options. Listen to some of these. Bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, grilled steakhouse filet mignon, and again, ready in just two minutes. So whether it's for lunch, you're just doing it on the go, or you're just trying to be calorie conscientious this summer, you can do it with Factor, plus 30 grams of protein each meal with each serving. Again, all these different flavor-packed options, keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, whatever you're looking for, you can do it with Factor. Plus, there's about 45-plus add-ons as well, including breakfast items. Don't forget about that as well. 100% is what you're going to get with Factor. This July, take advantage and get order Factor two minutes, no less. Head to factormeals.com. Again, F-A-C-T-O-R meals.com and enter the code slash HTL 50. Again, factormeals.com slash HTL 50 and use that code HTL 50 to get 50% off your order. Again, 50% off your order this July. That's again, HTL 50. HTL 50, 50% off your meal for factor and again that is august as well you're going to get in both july and august 50 percent off just use the code htl50 try factor today again factormeals.com slash htl50 bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Got a chance to talk with Tom a little bit last night at, uh, at Nissan Stadium. Tom, welcome into the show. Appreciate you making time for us this morning. I know you've had a busy week. I mean, Tom, I do have to say your Hawaiian shirt game has been very strong and much better than Ty's. Uh, all week long. That hurts. Uh, I mean, very uh, t- two thumbs up on your Hawaiian shirt game this week. Well, thanks, and I can go about two weeks deep. In fact, I think I could cover a complete trip to Omaha in all Hawaiian shirts. And yesterday, courtesy of my sister Lisa, who lives in Fort Smith, she got that for my birthday. It's a lovely shirt. 
Yeah, well, they, uh, well done, and they're tasteful. They're, you, you, well, mine are tasteful. None, well, no, yours. I need sunglasses around yours. Tom's are. Uh, I'm a bright guy. Tom, <laughs> a bright well, that's guy. something no one ever said yeah. before. <laughs> it reflects my personality. Well, no, I remember. So when I first met Tom, when I was, I think, a sophomore in college, I always valued his uh, his Hawaiian shirt style and patterned I, yourself after him. Yeah, huh? I mean, I I wore a Hawaiian shirt t- or two in high school, but I was like, this guy wears them all the time. So I can I can get away with it too. Yeah. Well, Tom, we plenty uh, plenty to discuss outside of Hawaiian shirts. Um, again, one of the things you and I were talking about last night at dinner was that four game stretch, and Sam Pittman was asked about that yesterday, and and, and kind of gave a, a stock answer. Feels like again they have to deal with it every year. Um, what did you think about his response to that four game brutal st- stretch that Arkansas has this fall? Um, well, yeah, I mean, what are you going to say? You can't come across as whining about your schedule. Um, although he did say, I think, something about how, well, yeah, that's every year. And um, although I don't think this schedule is considered, like, among the top five or whatever, toughest in the country, as some of the recent ones have been, it's still the, the way it lines out. And I actually asked him about it in the room uh, when we were just in there uh, before. And he's like, yeah, it seems like it's every year. Um, and so, uh, but, but it, it starts with three home games, three non-cons, you know, capped by the BYU. And then the schedule ends with three home games. But golly, that stretch in the middle, the six in the middle, um, starting with LSU is, is just brutal. Um, you, you get, you know, one of your quote home games is A&M. And then you also have Mississippi State. But other than that, you're going to Bama, you're going to LSU, you're going to Ole Miss. Um, and going, you're going to Florida and, um, you can just get beat up over the course of, of uh, a stretch like that. And there is one open date in there right before Florida, I think. Um, but, I mean, it, you, you ask any team in the country to navigate that stretch right there, and, and it's, it's hard to come out of that, you know, unscathed, basically. Yeah, I, mean, I thought he said something when we were all conversing upstairs that uh, it's, it's – it's generally true, and I thought it was insightful to, what, to the way he's thinking is, hey, your real team shows up in November, and that's mm-hmm. when you do have your home games. That's when I think the, the schedule does ease up. So, you know, if the true team shows up, as he's talking about, then, you know, maybe you finish off with, uh, as Frank Burles used to say, they remember what you do in November. They've got a chance to, I think, have a very fruitful uh, closing month of the season. Well, I mean, they very well could. Uh, how beat up will they be? You know, um, what would their situation be? Uh, I heard him say in some other mediums yesterday that um, the, the depth that, well, and he also said it in the main room, but the depth of the team is something they've been working on, and they feel like at almost every position, you know, they could withstand some attrition, some injury, some guys missing a few weeks, and be able to fill in. And you haven't been able to say that about very many Arkansas teams in the last, well, since they've joined the SEC. And so... What they've done in the portal, particularly post-spring, they stacked up at some positions. I mean, they helped themselves at linebacker, D-line, in the secondary, um, particularly on defense. Um, and, you know, then, then it tied in a little bit, too. So, yeah. I don't know. I, it, winning games in the SEC is so, so difficult. And we've gone over and over how close they were in several games last year. And so people look at last year and go, oh, seven to six. You know, they, they took a step back. Well, win a few games that were close, and they've done a deep dive on self-examination. Why? Why did we lose two-point games? And so if they can, if they can put their finger on it and cure it, 
um, then they'll have a chance to, you know, be about why, where they were in 2021. Going back to the transfer portal that you bring up a minute ago, I believe he said yesterday they brought a player in at every position group except running back. So uh, they've addressed what they feel are the needs team-wide, but, Tom, they've they've ad- addressed somebody in the, or dre- addressed each group in the portal w- with the exceptions of the uh, the depth in the, in the running back room. I think you have to applaud Sam Pittman and the staff for understanding where their deficiencies were, where they needed some help. They went into the bowl game. Landon Jackson was talking about this yesterday. They went into the bowl game with like three healthy inside defenders. Um, and so, I mean, he even had to play some snaps inside. Uh, he could do it a lot better this year since he's added 45 pounds and weighs 283. He looked really, he looked really fit and he looked really confident yesterday. But yeah, um, every position group <clears throat> they addressed. Uh, the running back room was already strong. Uh, now, they did bring in the freshman, uh, Isaiah Augustave, after um, spring. He's going to help the room. But, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, I'm, I am, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to have the depth they need at just about every position. I mean, safety, when we get into camp, I want to take a real strong look at safety and nickel and, and that receiver and just really get an eye on whether I think Mm-hmm. Those guys are, you know, are going to be SEC caliber dudes. We're talking with Tom Murphy this morning via the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, how are you going to vote the West later today? Um, wow, you know, I haven't done it yet. Um, it would be hard to probably pick against Bama at the top. I don't know where I'm going to have Arkansas. Probably, probably in the top four. Um, uh, and as much as I really. Zach Arnett was one of the guys who um, impressed me the most. Um, I thought I thought yesterday because the first year I thought um, Billy Napier came across as you know a real earnest guy. He knows what he's doing, and, and that hasn't changed. But he just didn't have a lot of energy yesterday. Zach Arnett, I thought, although he said I ate more than Nick Saban says I ate, <laughs> uh, he was good. And I, you know if they can recruit there, Mississippi State. You know, might not fall off. I don't know who's going to fall off, but somebody, two or three teams are going to be super disappointed in the West. I don't know who that's going to be. I got LSU at the top, followed by Bama. And I think past that, you're you're kind of guessing at that point, but that's how I yeah. I kind of think it's going to go. And I got LSU surprisingly winning all. I, you know, and maybe I'm just buying into this, but um, you know, no one's three-peated in this sport since the 30s. Um, mm-hmm. Twelve teams have failed. I don't. Is Georgia got what it takes? To be a three-time champion, three back to back to back. Well, I mean that's a great question. I mean they've got to replace quarterback, obviously. And will, will Carson Beck be the answer? We we won't know until we get in. But um, with Jaden Daniels um, and a, I think they bring back their entire offensive line. Harold Perkins is the game wrecker on defense. Um, they got they brought in a lot of help in the secondary to help with uh, Greg Brooks, Major Burns in that group. Um, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. They've got a great receiving core. Their tight end's good. Um, they they bring back Mason Smith, uh, the defensive tackle, to pair with Makai Wingo. So they, LSU's got a stout roster. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll pick them in the top two in the West for sure. That's really difficult. And you, you were talking about Landon Jackson. And, um, again, he looked really good yesterday, 6'7", now over 280 pounds. He told us that Ben Souders has is, is really helped from that. He's in – an LSU transfer. Tom, I, I think he might be the most improved player, not just on defense, but maybe on this football team based on Sam Pittman touting him. Could you see him leading the team in sacks this year? 
Oh, yeah, he definitely could. Um, if, if you look at the way they things stack up, why wouldn't he get the most reps at the end? I mean, he, Zach Williams, Trajan, John Jeff Coat, um, maybe John Morgan, Jashad Stewart, Nico Devalle, um those guys are going to get the reps. But why wouldn't he get the most reps at the end? And he's talking about how aggressive he's going to be. And uh, I, I don't know. I got a good vibe off Brandon yesterday. He was in. He was happy to be there and in, in good spirits. Yeah. Let's go back to the portal a minute because I thought one of the the, the best questions uh, came from Trey Biddy yesterday about players in the portal and where Sam would be, where this program would be without it. If the transfer portal had never got voted in, uh, because of the 2020 class, I think there's only two players left from it. Uh, this would be a roster that would be very thin, and already depth challenge would be even uh, in a tighter spot. Um, what did you think about that question and that exchange yesterday? Because uh, I've never thought about it in those terms, Tom, that if you didn't have a portal, Sam Pittman's, uh, Sam Pittman's footing at Arkansas would be much different. <laughs> yeah, um, Trey went into a pretty good dive on, on the roster for sure. Uh, there's been a lot of attrition on it, and without you think about last year transfer portal, Drew Sanders, Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Land. I mean that that was they hit. You know, um, Latavius Brini, they got a bunch of snaps out of their portal guys, Dwight McLaughlin, and um, it still went seven year, and six with those guys. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So where would you be so without? Where would you, yeah. where would you be? And uh, they need the receivers to be hits this year. If they, if the receivers are hit. Ooh. And some of the DBs they got, then they have a chance to be pretty good. But without without the portal, and they worked it among the best of anybody in the country, I would say um, it could be a much different situation if you're trying to fill in all your gaps with freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores. And it seems like uh, of the portal defensive guys that the offensive players and defensive players keep talking about is Snacks Johnson. I know that's one of the guys that you're really excited to see in, in, in fall camp. Is he maybe the most intriguing guy in defense, Tom, that you want to get eyes on before the fall? Certainly one of the most. And he seems to be, you know, kind of a, a high-strung guy like McLaughlin was the year before. Um, Sam, I saw in another medium yesterday who was asked about the defense and why you'll be better. And he, he really touted Deke Adams and the depth on the D-line. But he said they think they can play man – coverage and zero coverage and and get by with it with those guys and and Ladarius Bishop who he's got to keep gaining confidence from that knee surgery we saw times in the spring where he was frustrated you know maybe the knee wasn't going exactly like he wanted Um, and so he's got to learn to bottle that and and um, and improve I mean this is this will be his uh, fifth year deal so Mm -hmm. with him there and then um, don't know what they'll get out of Quincy McAdoo if anything at all um, and, um, and and I think Jalen Braxton might be able to provide them some snaps as a true freshman as well. And uh, on the note of the knee, I know Laney Jackson was dealing with that ACL recovery last year, and I think he's a lot healthier than he was last season. Tom, we'll leave it there. Again, we appreciate you joining us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. We'll do it again next Tuesday and recap what uh, the standings and the selections are for all SEC uh, come then. Awesome, man. Talk about it then. To your point about Georgia three-peating for, again, the first time since Minnesota did in the 30s, Andrew and Tulsa brings up a good point. Their soft schedule could help them get that 3 P. Text in on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. And, Tommy, the fact that they really don't 
play anyone till Tennessee. I think November the 18th in Knoxville. That is going to be a tough game, but I think Kirby will have his guys ready to go. I, I just don't see – I know there's a game that they're going to get challenged, but I'm re- having a really tough time finding on the schedule outside of the Knoxville. They absolutely could be 12-0. and 0, But then, I mean, you can't avoid them all forever and yeah. win the national title. I mean, you're going to have to beat LSU or Bama most likely out of the West. Then you get into, you know, if you win that game, if you're Georgia, you're going to have to beat somebody pretty good in the semifinal and a final. So you can talk about soft schedule, and I agree. They don't have much in their first 12 games, and, yes, you don't get beat up, and, yes, we can go down a list of other things, but mm-hmm. you you can't avoid them all forever. Yeah. And here's an important note that we have to think about last year. Everyone, oh, Georgia's back-to-back national champion. If Ohio State had a kicker, and if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get injured, get that concussion, Ohio State wins that game. They undoubtedly win that game. And they still had a chance at the tail end. Their kicker just hit it about 30 yards left. (laughs) He shanked it. And so you have, again, everyone remembers them dominating TCU in the national championship game. And they they showed up for it. But, Tommy, they were were a play away from from not winning even their second national championship. Yeah. So, I mean, but they did. So, so, I mean, in the end, they did. So, I, I, you know. You certainly wouldn't, you know, I don't know if you bet for them or against them. A, a three-piece is just hard to do. It's just hard to win one, much less two. We have, And then three just seems insane. We have the same conversation about the Heisman Trophy every year. I know yeah. they're betting odds right now that Caleb Williams could repeat. The better odds would be someone to come out of the woodwork and mm-hmm. win the thing. Caleb Williams is probably going to have a fantastic year for Lincoln Riley and USC. But I still think that there's a better chance of someone that either we don't anticipate or someone else winning healthy. In fact, I think Jane Daniels probably has a better chance to win the Heisman Trophy than Caleb Williams does to repeat. Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try in your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
Sam Pittman has two new coordinators this fall for the first time in his tenure. Danny Enos, Travis Williams. He talked about Travis Williams, kind of the new defensive pressure and philosophy he'll be bringing. He also spoke to what he thinks of Danny Enos. I hired Danny Enos because I thought he was the best play caller I've ever worked with. And, uh, I felt like that's what we need. High praise for the guy that's going to be directing K.J. Jefferson. <laughs> I expect this o- too. Yeah, in this offense. Um, I don't know if it'll be as successful as Dan Enos' first stop here in 2015. Sure would like it to be, though, in what we presume to be K.J.'s final year, even though he didn't rule it out yesterday. I thought all the answers were the right ones, the ones they'd rehearsed. You know, K.J. gave the right ones. Coach Pittman gave the right ones about how that – you know, coaching player relationship is going between those two. I, you know, I think the one thing with KJ Jefferson, he has the benefit of learning from two different coordinators in his career that are both really good coordinators. I mean, Kendall Bryles, you know, for all his detractors out there, the guy is at TCU now. Uh, back in his home state, I, I don't know, TC only went to the national championship game last year, so mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he's fallen off the map by any stretch. And, you know, Dan Enos has had measured success in this league and worked at Alabama and in other stops uh, around college football. So, I mean, when you get to work with different people in the course of your career, you're the winner out of that as a player as long as they're good coaches, and I think he's had two really good ones. So that was Sam Pittman again, K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, and Landon Jackson here yesterday. What, what stood out from listening to those three guys? You mentioned them kind of saying the right things yesterday. KJ again was a little looser last year. This year he was more business. Matter of fact, Landon and Rocket were more uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, it seemed like. I, you know, Sam didn't have that one magic line that I heard. I mean, he's told some funny stories. I, yeah. I thought he engaged well, like he always does. He's got that home homespun corn pone, you know, uh, approach that, that really works well for him. That's why people love him. So, um, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, expectations and disappointment from last year. I don't want a coach that's okay with six and six or yeah. seven and six in the bowl game with the bowl win. So, and they barely won the bowl game, of course. But so, I mean, to say disappointment, I think as we were talking earlier, you got the, the, the four games, you have a combined nine points uh, difference. I mean, those are the things you got to turn around this year. And he, I thought he addressed that. Um, you know, I asked him yesterday when we had a chance to visit upstairs about uh, about that LSU game being earlier in the schedule. And yeah. Does that change your approach at all? And um, you know, I, I just think there's some things that they're not challenges; they're just differences this year. Yeah, they uh, they definitely are, and that's something again that stretch something we keep coming back to. Yeah, if you go two and two, I'd be I'd be pretty happy about that. Do want to mention some Arkansas baseball news this morning? You uh, got a commitment from Mason Molina, a guy that pitched at Texas Tech this last season. 108 strikeouts and a little over 80 pitches. A big ad for Dave Van Horn and the baseball program. That is going to do it this morning for your Hog Update. It's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, so you asked me how Nissan Stadium was yeah. last night. They got We got a chance to, to go out there. Um, they gave us a police set score, which was pretty cool. Um, had some food, had some drinks. You thought you were big time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I'm going to be honest. Um, but I, I didn't want to, I guess I'm, I buried the lead a little bit. And he, Again, the playlist that we sang last night, me and Connor O'Gara and then Chris Marlowe over at Saturday Sound South was, um, is it cold drink in my hand, Barry Church? Did I butcher that the title of that son beer in my hand cold beer yeah i have a beer beer in my hand that yep. one by eric church country yep. roads by john denver and some yep. uh chair song 
which I didn't know uh, yeah. the lyrics or the actual title of the song. Or the artist, as you said yeah. earlier. He, so. This is, this is has audience included. So give us a review, one to ten, of okay. our performance of Country Roads. <laughs> So I had three Greyhounds at Nissan, mm-hmm. three more at AJ's, and wow. a, a couple beers as well. Again, I did, I'm running on about I three think. hours of sleep right now. I've had two coffees. I've never had two coffees of yeah, doing the yeah. morning rush. It's always one, but I've had to add two this morning. It's a good thing that uh, you did sing Eric Church drink in my hand. That yeah. sounds like that would sum up your night last yeah. night. And they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't let us bring the drink up stage. Apparently, that is a, a policy. But I, I listen. Well, listen. you can't really have great stage presence That's for karaoke with the drink in your hand. I mean, you got to be able to, to work the crowd there, Ty. Yeah, I worked it. Listen, there were these. <laughs> There's these hot moms right in front of us, and Eric Church sometimes when he uh, sings, he wears his sunglasses, yeah. and so I actually had mine in my pocket, so I whipped them out and started singing. They love that, man. It I was great. I can't believe you didn't have your, uh, your cowboy hat on. You know what? I didn't bring it this week, and I, I well, let me tell you. We're all, and we're all the losers for it. Yeah, so. they, uh, there have been some people that are disappointed. Uh, former LSU offensive lineman T-Bob Bear, who does radio here, he's got his. He's been sporting his all week. Now, he can get away with that because T-Bob's about 6'5", 280. Um, well, I think but, you could take him. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Not skull drill, whatever the drill. Not not bear call. I forget the, the one. The Oklahoma where they, drill? Yeah, the Oklahoma yeah. drill. That's the one. I think uh, I think T-Bob would flatten me at that case. But I'm a little disappointed you did not come out last night. Maybe next year in Dallas I'll be able to well, run. Well, I stayed up. with some friends of mine, and it's been a great uh Great staying with them. We went to Edley's Barbecue. I've tried two different barbecue places, Martin's and Edley's. Which one won? I'd say Edley's. Now, now I had brisket. I had a brisket sandwich at one with God. some mac and cheese, and it was good. And then last night, I, it, the, the, the burnt ends were, I mean, arts are better. And I'm not just saying that because they pay us. Arts had better burnt ends. <laughs> yeah, but, wait. <laughs> but it, man, arts were. But here's the thing I did like about Edley's that you don't get anywhere. They put them on a bed of, of grits. Now, I don't mind, you know, shrimp and grits. Don't uh-huh. mind. I've never had burnt ends and grits. So I thought that was really it's, good. It's unique. Um, I mean, I like that. Better so, atmosphere. You, know, you won't get grits at Arts, and that's okay. But grits, shrimp and grits is, you know, a, a Creole favorite. Well, but I thought burnt ends and grits were really good. You know what? You can you can put your pocketbook away after the show because when we leave and I take you to the airport, I, we will stop by Hot Chicken Pace. And like we do once every year, <laughs> I will pay the tab. <laughs> once I year. don't get to pick where we go when you pay the tab. Well, you can. You can pick, it's just <laughs> I not, get to pick the chicken place? Yeah, you can pick the chicken place. But uh, that is, uh, I promised that last week and I'll, I will All hold right. true to it. Listen, if there's one thing that Ty Richardson is known for is that he <laughs> keeps his promises. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's only one thing you were known for. That yeah, would be great hair, great smile, so, uh, incredible personality, charisma. Yeah. I could go on, I guess. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get 
what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Commissioners, thank you. We really appreciate you making some time for us. Uh, you heard Sam Pittman in our cold open talking about the Foreigner concert he was just at, uh, kind of what's been on his summer playlist as of late. I know you've got a variety of things you got to focus on, but what have you been listening to as of late this summer? Uh, with some of your colleagues, there's a Name the Tune annual event, uh, and I was stressed because I've been listening to too many podcasts. So as I flew up here, I actually had Zach Brown band. On uh, when I was flying up from Houston, and it'll always pivot to you too as well. Okay, have you seen either either of those bands live? Oh yeah, a bunch of times. So you too. I'm a couple dozen probably. Uh, Zach Brown. I'm proud to say I've never paid for a ticket, but I, no, that's <laughs> not true. I've seen him a bunch of times. I had the chance to meet him a few times, spend some time with him on his bus. They were outside Birmingham last year, and then when they played our our football championship game as part of the game day event. Uh, just stayed back and and just had a lengthy conversation. That was in twenty one, but yeah. with with members of the band. I got to see them in Memphis, and they, it is a uh, it's a really really well done show. Oh, it's a great show, on. great yeah. music. So you addressed everybody Monday. That kind of leads things off. It's more or less a state of the union. I, I always think with with not just this league, but maybe college football. I mean NIL and transfer portal are conversations that can't be avoided. But um, I, I there's laws and there's rules. You're an attorney by trade. There's, there's, there's laws governments pass. There's rules that member organizations pass. I know everyone's asking for help from Congress, but I, I have a hard time understanding as a layman. Why can't the, the, the SEC or the NCAA pass rules that say, hey, here's how we're going to behave as members. Here's the rules we're going to follow. Why does Congress have to be the one to solve the problem? Well, we're involved in – there are a variety of issues, and, and part of my intent on Monday is to lay out um, that this is not just a singular issue like name, image, and likeness. There are a set of realities upon us, one of which is litigation. Um, the NCAA has been sued under uh, antitrust laws uh, repeatedly. Uh, we're dealing with lawsuits right now, uh, some of which touch the name, image, and likeness area. So to simply regulate an area when you're in the midst of litigation uh, is not the most wise thing to do unilaterally. State governments can do that, um, and Congress can do that. And you can have state governments engage in legislative behavior and end up with 50 different approaches, which does not work well at all to have national championships. I thought one Congress of, has is the venue for that solution. I thought one of the lines that stood out to me from your address was, you know, in, in addressing NIL was, Promises made but not followed through. I'm paraphrasing what you say, but is that as you talk to ads, as you talk to staffs around the conferences, how widespread is the issue that hey, these athletes are being promised one thing, and here's what's being delivered? That's a really important question. There are two elements. One is you'll see reports that somebody received X and NIL uh, commitments or payments, 
and, and then you find on the backside that that's not an accurate representation. So people involved in seeking these opportunities are incentivized to inflate inflate the, the value. Mm-hmm. And so one of the questions is what's real? Um, the second piece, and I've had any number of um, conversations one-on-one with members of the media who know these stories, but people won't go on the record to share you know, I, th- this commitment was made. I think we've seen a couple of uh, stories. One was uh, out out west with uh, a company that promised walk-ons to pay their tuition, and a couple weeks ago, an article that said um, that those promises weren't fulfilled. I think that's the tip of the iceberg. Um, we saw some things in recruiting in our league. Some really prominent with a quarterback who's now at Arizona State with. Uh, a representation of something that that didn't manifest itself. So well, part of the difficulty for a young person is you might accept this commitment and make a decision to attend a school and then the, the support's not there. And you either lose an opportunity, that, that, that mm-hmm. NIL opportunity, or you lose an opportunity because you want to go someplace else and all the spots are filled. We're talking with Commissioner Greg Sankey here on the Morning Rush, as head of the SEC. Is there a timeline with Congress on how this could play out? I know there's multiple variables to that, but have you been given any indication on when this could come to a conclusion? Not conclusion. You know, Congress sets their own timeline, and it's not a comforting thought uh, <laughs> often. And, and, you know, back to the earlier question, uh, I, I don't want to be in the congressional conversations. I have to be. That, that's simply our reality. Uh, there was a bill announced today. In fact, I was uh, on my phone from Senators Booker, Blumenthal, and Moran. So it's a bipartisan bill in the Senate. Um, those individuals participate on the Committee of Jurisdiction, the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, I think you'll see, from a timing standpoint, uh, other types of legislation introduced over the next few weeks. That's an indication of commitment. But what we need is a committee of jurisdiction in the House or Senate to produce a bill. So they take a vote and they advance it to the floor and something to be considered on the floor of the House or Senate. That's that's where we have not been able to achieve. And that's why that's what we've not been able to achieve. And I, that's what limits me in answering the, the timeline question. How can someone like Tommy Tuberville, senator from Alabama, who obviously understands both sides, how can he be an ally to the cause, if you will? He has an understanding from his work in the past. Now, there are politics involved all over the place. And that, that's As one, with anything. Yeah, that's one of 100. So we're going to need 59 more people committed to a solution to resolve the matter in the Senate. Let me ask you this. When you were head of intramural sports back in the day, <laughs> did you ever think you would be, all these years later, talking with Congress no. about something like this? Well, interestingly enough, um, my successor at Utica College yeah. is now the uh, athletics director at Utica University mm-hmm. in Utica, New York. And he was here this week. So oh, was he? He and I yeah. saw each other. And I literally had that conversation. Like, I, uh, <laughs> and, and, and when I saw him, I was outside, and we had the, the weather problem with the concert, and people are asking to take photos with me. So there are there's a whole array of issues it's, where, like, I, I'll <laughs> walk away and say, who would have thought? It's the Paul Rudd video, Tommy, where they're sitting together like, <laughs> yeah. who would have thought? Not us. Um, yeah. No, but it, on, on the Congress piece, we were up there in all 14 of our universities in early June. What was encouraging was the, the, the knowledge, the, mm-hmm. the effort to educate and inform to answer questions is producing the depth of knowledge that then helps inform decisions, that helps inform bills, and hopefully something that will advance. I remember uh, on the back to the intramural sports stuff, you, 
you, you've spoken about you work like 70 80 hours oh, a yeah. week this yeah. do you work did you work more then than you do now you think per week um i don't know no uh, this thing is consuming that was consuming too in a different way you're starting out and I'd show up about 9.30 or 10, and then intramurals would go to 10 or 11 at night, and I worked on Saturday and Sunday because I was in charge of the facility. I was in grad school, great learning experience. What I've told folks, and I speak to all of our student volunteers, one of the great lessons I learned is if, if you're a 19 or 20-year-old college student, um, to win a $3.90 intramural T-shirt that says <laughs> champion on the front, you'll, you'll literally tear your best friend's arm off yeah. so. for that opportunity. Why, why do we think we have ethical problems for national championships? <laughs> yeah. So that's where the schedule-making uh, skills began it with did. an intramural. Now you've got some, some real schedule-making uh, challenges here, and that's another conversation that you started on Monday that's obviously been ongoing. But eight versus nine, I thought you laid out well the – the, the rationale, at least for now, to stay to eight because the quality of the schedules in this league hold up to the, the to those versus uh, in the conferences with nine. Yeah, a couple things we did that are important in, in June. One is we wanted every one of our current members to play either Oklahoma or Texas, and we achieved that. When you make that decision, one of the great lessons from my intramural days is you start to limit other options. Uh, the second was uh, we explored way back in 1819 moving away from divisions because of the competitive disparity in the schedules really strength of schedules it would would depend greatly on your divisional alignment crossovers and so what we did with the June schedule is not everybody plays the same strength of schedule that's not possible we really narrowed the disparity um, and then when you see the schedule itself, you, you, like you, if you look at it from your perspective as an Arkansas fan, it's like, man, they gave us a tough schedule. And then you go look at Kentucky's schedule, and you're like, wow, Kentucky's got a tough schedule. And you look at the schedule Florida has, and you're like, well, they have a tough schedule. I mean, those schedules um, are uh, on the good side. You get to see people more frequently with this mentality. Mm-hmm. You get to see new people. Um, and you have the opportunity to play these these huge names in college football history. We're talking again with Commissioner Greg Sankey here on the Morning Rush. You mentioned how the SEC teams either play Texas or Oklahoma in 2024. Is that going to be flipped in 2025? Because there's a lot of Arkansas fans that really want to play Oklahoma as soon as possible. Uh, and I understand that. That's where when you make certain decisions in scheduling, you start to limit other options. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are games that we want to see. So I'm going to go to the end. The good news is in a single division model, you're going to see those games much more frequently than you would have in our old approach. So that, that game, for example, is coming. Whether it comes in 25, uh, I don't know. It, it will depend on the schedule we have. So we, we, we introduced what I'll call AABB, which would be a, a yes answer to your question. So you play Schedule A at, at home on, excuse me, it would be a no to your answer. You play Schedule A like, like we have in 24, and then everything flips the next year. And then you go to B, so the remaining let's see, six members, I think, or excuse me, seven members, Mm -hmm. um, would then be added to your schedule and you'd flip home and away. Uh, The other option is to say, okay, here's 24, here's the roster of schools. You're going to play the one permanent if we stay at eight, but flip everything else, and that would give you Oklahoma in a more timely manner than than the other model. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey with us here, McClarty Daniels Hotline. Any conversation that's begun with basketball and how – that scheduling model will look in the yes. expanded league? Yeah, we, we've settled on schedules for everything except our women's gymnastics championship. We're re-looking at 
women's soccer scheduling and our baseball tournament format. We will stay at 18 for men's basketball. Um, I, I'm missing the number of annual opponents, uh, but you'll see everybody in essentially a two-year cycle. So that work was approved and adopted and ready to go. What's the biggest issues, biggest uh, things that are going to come across your desk in the next year that got to be resolved? Uh, this name, image, and likeness stuff, litigation um, is is active. Uh, onboarding Oklahoma and Texas growing to 16. Uh, we've got staff visits and preparation um, at facilities and at games and part of the education, what we expect. It's really what Arkansas and South Carolina went through in the early 90s. A&M and Missouri went through in 2011-12. Um, work with the NCA, my, my A5 colleagues looking at postseason uh, events that they have. Um, I don't know. The days seem to be filled up. <laughs> seems like a full Getting calendar. through a season. Getting yeah. through a season. <laughs> Surviving. Again, and from intramural sports to commissioner of the SEC. Greg Sager. There's hope for everyone. Yeah. We really appreciate you making some time for us Yes, yeah, thank morning. you. Thank you for being part of SEC Media Day. Man, thanks for a great event. Y'all done a great job this year. Probably the best one we've been to here in Nashville. Now, y'all know I'm not always the biggest fan of the decisions that come out of Birmingham and that are made in terms of Arkansas schedule. But, I mean, these next two years football-wise, Tommy, I know you had a brutal four-game stretch that you've been talking about. Definitely a lighter schedule than you've had the past three years. And then again, next year, it has – I think next year eclipses what you had in 2021, which everyone was hyped about Texas coming into town. I think next season could be potentially – one of, if not the best home schedule you've you've ever had in Fayetteville. Not particularly next year. Correct, twenty twenty four. And then you think about twenty five and the the likelihood, or, or well, Notre Dame's on the schedule. We'll Correct. see if that holds up. You got a state, which is going to be in Little Rock, but that's still a, a game that I think most will consider on the home schedule. And while that may not be the greatest opponent, it is historical in the nature that that's going to happen. You could have Texas or OU perhaps on the schedule and. 25. We don't know how that's going to work out. So I think the next two years, and I, you know, talking with people that maybe didn't renew season tickets this year, the reason you renew your season tickets this year is to make sure you don't lose your seat location for the next couple of years. You may have to kind of grin and bear through 23, but I think 24 and 25 have a chance to just be um, maybe the best two ever. Yeah. I still have a vivid memory of sitting next to Greg Sankey at uh, in San Francisco. Arkansas, of course, lost to Duke in that Elite Eight game with Jalen Williams, Tommy Hinton, and one. And, I mean, Greg Sankey's very, like, steady Eddie. doesn't do anything. But, like, he did a big fist bump when Jalen hit it and one. Unfortunately, Arkansas ended up ultimately losing that game. But he has to be, again, the, uh, like, undecided when SEC t- teams play. But when they're, like, when the last oh, team's yeah. in for a He gets to be a fan of all of them. Yeah. He can do that. For this point in time, yeah, so. the postseason is probably the most fun for him because he can be a, an actual a fan, fan yeah. you know. And all he's hoping for in a in a conference game is, boy, I hope the refs don't, don't mess, mess it up. It up. <laughs> That's all yeah. he wants is to not have to explain anything. You, you had the you had the privilege to talk with John McDade earlier this week. And by the way, some of these interviews that we've done, we're either going to play back or you can find them on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've had so many that we've done this week, we haven't been able to squeeze them in every single day and I, I know that's got to be it's just got to be tough on him and listen I've I've bashed I've ripped I, I get as frustrated as y'all do when officials don't make the right calls in our opinions or Arkansas gets the short end of the stick which happened in Auburn in 2020 and it's happened before prior to that um, but 
It's just I I I, <laughs> I, I know that's one of the many things that is on his well, plate. Well, you know, officiating's a key issue in every sport and every league and having a quality program. I know that fans think the SEC is the worst, but the worst officials in the game, but every conference thinks their officials are the worst <laughs> out there. But the reality is, I mean, we can think about it in a non-combative, non-competitive situation. The referees don't want to mess up because they're graded intently. In fact, I, you know, he disagreed, but I, I, I think when you look at the scrutiny officials get on every play, and every movement they make, I mean, they're graded on their mechanics, they're graded on their judgment, they're graded on their calls, their no calls. I mean, I'm not sure the players always receive the same level of moment-to-moment scrutiny the way the officials do play in, play out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on the field every play. The players aren't on the field every, every play. Every single play. I mean, they, trust me, they're living, their future, the money they're making, their family's fortunes are based on getting it right. If you don't get it right, you're, you're out, and uh, it's pass or fail. So, I mean, it's it's important for them to get it right, and I know the deal in Auburn stunk, but it wasn't intentional. Everybody thinks it's on purpose, that this is WWE, there's a script. Well, there's not, you know. A good old script. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to sidestep this. There's uh, there, there's nowhere we could go that's uh, that's going to be positive. Because you got to pander, you know. You want to pander to the audience. No, I'm just I'm just right. But no. uh, <laughs> oh man, it would be the greatest kept secret in the history of history if that was indeed the case. Yeah. That all these games are pre that this is wrestling and they're just you know they're just following the script. This has been a good week. Don't know how the script's going to play out tomorrow with the SEC picks. I have a a hunch LSU is going to be picked to win the West. Georgia is going to be picked to win the East. And maybe the surprise would be if LSU is picked over Georgia to win the SEC championship. I am like 99% sure you're going to see Jaden Daniels at one, KJ at two. You're going to see Rocket Sanders as the first team running back. And I guess maybe Bo Limber might get a second team selection, maybe a first. But I don't know outside of that, Tommy, who are, who might be picked for Arkansas. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.